Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the Coach Steve Show podcast. We are going to discuss the Illinois men's basketball game versus Ohio State. This is the post-game show. Moments after the tough Illinois loss, this is literally 10, 15 minutes recorded after the loss, after stewing on it a little bit. Probably should stew on it a little more, but that's not how I, how we roll here on the Coach Steve Show podcast. It's raw uncut, and we get our feelings out there. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe button. It helps out the show tremendously. Uh, leave a comment in the comment section down below. Uh, Twitter at Coach underscore Steve72. You know, follow me, tweet me your thoughts, be part of conversations. Don't make it personal, and I won't make it personal. Don't call me a troll like some Twitter people out there when you talk about Juwan Howard and hurt their feelings. Uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast in audio form, please follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, be a part of it. It helps out the show tremendously. So please go do that for me. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, check out all the blogs and podcasts on there. There's stuff on there for everybody, even stuff that's not about sports. There's other things out there for everybody on there. So go check that out for me. Um, you football coaches out there, if I have your ear right now, uh, we're, get, we're getting closer to your spring seasons or your spring ball for your practices, and summer is quickly approaching, and the season's going to be here. 
Your big guys probably take a lot of hits in the trenches because all they do is hit because it's the best position in football. Uh, the helmets are getting scuffed up and everything. Well, there's a way to help protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows of guys are taking each and every day in practice, and it's Guardian Caps. If you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian dash caps and use the code 15 off, you will save 15% off your order. It's going to help reduce the blows 20 to 33% of the impact is going to absorb more of that. And that's just, that's big time. Uh, and it's worn by over five NFL teams and 200 plus colleges like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Penn State. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you. I'm here to save you money. I understand how high school budgets work and booster clubs. I understand how all that works. I'm here to help you. So if you go to that website or click the link in the description below, use the code 15 off to save 15% off your order, whether you're buying one, two, three, four, five, 100, 200, whatever it is, save you money, buy some now, buy some later, use that code, save you 15% off your order. Uh, thank you, Guardian Caps and Guardian Sports for sponsoring the podcast. We are literally about 10 to 15 minutes fresh off the tough Illinois loss versus Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State got the victory, 86 to 83. It came, you know, it was a close in this game. Kind of had it all. Uh, Illinois came out hot, was up. Uh, kind of a double-digit lead. Then Ohio State came back. Illinois was only up one at half, 37-36. to 36. But Ohio State had all the momentum going into halftime. And then Ohio State blew the doors off of Illinois. Uh, a lot of tempers flowing, a lot of emotion, especially from Coach Underwood. Uh, we are in a ref shortage, but, man, a lot of those calls – and a lot of inconsistent calls that we've seen throughout the Big Ten have been in question. Uh, Kevin Warren won't do anything because he's the worst Big Ten commissioner in the Power Five, if not all of college sports in their conference. The refs need to be re-educated. I believe there is a ref shortage, and I've talked about how I don't want to talk about the refs as much, but a lot of inconsistent calls. They called the first half way different than the second half. Some inconsistent calls. Uh, I think they let Coach Underwood yelling at them affect some of those calls. And then Ohio State blew the doors off of us in the second half, and then we fought back, clawed back uh, to get it within two after being down huge at one point. I don't even know the number. I don't even – off the top of my head, I'm looking at it. You know, we allow certain Ohio State guys to score a lot. Um, the big overall picture, I, I suppose, to start with this, because, again, I'm – trying to keep it together because it was a frustrating game to watch. Um, I was with Brad Underwood. Brad Underwood's our coach, and I already I can already see it. Well, Juwan Howard acts this way, and you got, and you say this, but then Brad Underwood, you know, loses his temper and yelling at refs and saying things that, you know, maybe not meant for TV and kids' ears. Well, guess what? I was saying all those words at home. I had to delete some tweets because I put them on there and I had to delete them or not even send them. I didn't hit the send button. I'm like, he is saying what I'm thinking or I'm saying at home. <sighs> There's a difference between slapping a coach and all that stuff than getting after the refs because you're not agreeing with the calls and whatever the ref says to them or they're inconsistent because I've said this before, ref shortage or not, I'm okay with certain calls as long as they're consistent and they're going to both teams. Does that make sense? I have seen some bad refing close in person. Coaching football for 13, 14 years, coaching basketball, 
you know, upwards of eight years or so, I've seen some bad refing. But if the refing is consistent throughout the game and it's for our the team I am coaching and the team I am going against, I have zero issues with that. It could be the worst refing we've ever seen, but if it's going both ways, as frustrating as it could be, I'm okay with it. The Big Ten refs don't see it that way. They call a certain game a certain way for 10 minutes, another way for five minutes, another way for five minutes. They'll call a whole half a certain way, and then they'll call a whole half completely different. And inconsistent calls in the big guy. But anyway, the big over picture before we get to the ref is the thing with Illinois that has bothered me, and I've said this a couple times on this podcast, is we are very all of a sudden, it's been a little bit throughout the year, and then it's kind of gotten worse after we got over the halfway mark. We we either come out very bad and then try to recover, or we start off very good. But then when we do go good, like Northwestern's a big example, this game is an example, when we get up and we're playing good defense, we're contesting shots, we didn't defend the pick and roll that bad, but we're going to see a lot of pick and roll. Um, We're going to see a lot of pick and pops. We're going to see a lot of drive to the basket, pop and shoot, like two dribble shooting is what we call it in practice. The thing with Illinois is, I call, I say this, this is my phrase, I say foot on throat. And what I mean by foot on throat is when you are up on a team, you put your foot on their throat and you don't let go. You put the foot on the gas and you never let go. Um, and, I mean, Illinois was up at one point. Uh, I think the most, uh, 18 to 8, I believe, uh, 21 to 8, excuse me. And then it was 21 10, and then Ohio State's, to, I mean, then you, you really felt like, I mean, Ohio State was missing shots, but we're up 21 to 8. So when you're up 21 to 8, 21 10, you've got to sit there and say, okay, how are they going to adjust as players? Coach, I trust the coaching staff. We have a great coaching staff. It's first year, all of them working together because we had a couple leave. But we just don't put the foot on their throat. We allow them to to claw back. And I'll tell you right here, we were up 21 to 8. It was 10 minutes, 12 seconds left in the first half. There was a foul in Omar Payne. We were up 21. Uh, Plummer made the three-point and put us up 21 to 8. Okay? So at the 10-12 mark, we didn't score again until 9 minutes, 10 seconds. Uh, Williams had the put-back dunk. I don't know if it's put-back dunk. So now it's 23 to 13. Okay, 23 to 13 for a while. We don't score another basket. So the 23 to 13, or the 21 to 13 mark, 23 to 13 mark was nine minutes and 10 seconds left. We don't score again until six minutes and 24 seconds when Kofi finally made a layup. And when that happens, it's 25 to 22. So Ohio State gets all this momentum, and then it's 28 to 33. It's 35 28. Then it's 30 to 37. You know, and we, we, we start to do that. And then it's 37 points for a while. Um, pretty bad. And then in the second half, I mean, Ohio State got up big. Um, you know, it was 74 to 58 at one point. You know, 74. Last time it was 74 58 was five minutes to 30 seconds. See, so. It was kind of similar to the Rutgers game. And the big thing with the Rutgers game is energy. 
And Illinois came out with energy. Plummer had a career night. We were, you know, defense was okay. I mean, it could have been more amped up and better. But we were feeding Kofi the right way. He was missing some eat shots he usually makes, but you think they're going to go in. We're taking decent jump shots. They're going in. Plummer's hitting threes, which is a good sign because he's in a shooting slump. But it's the energy and effort fixes a lot of these issues. And just like Rutgers, we wait till about five minutes left. Because right now, gets, or I mean, not right now, gets Ohio State, it was 74 to 58. And then at five minutes and 33 seconds left in the game, um, Hawkins got fouled and shot a free throw, missed a free throw, whatever. And then then we start to say, oh, okay, let's let's crawl back. You know, and then it's getting to 76. 62 at one point, and then we just keep clawing back, clawing back. You know, Ohio State's starting to turn the ball over, and so we're we're getting there. You know, we're we're we're, we're starting to pick it up, but it's too, it's it's really a hard thing to do when you're down 74 to 58, 72 58, whatever it is, to come back. It's very tough. It puts a lot of pressure on you. It makes you play faster. It it might make you make bad decisions. Now, we started to make good decisions, but here's the problem with Illinois. We are too talented to – I'm not saying we are going to win every game. The Big Ten is a bloodbath. Ohio State's a good team. There's not taking anything away from Ohio State. They are a good team. And watching them on offense, especially right before the second half and into the second half, they were very patient on offense. They were hitting now, they were hitting a lot of contested shots. But I said this a million and a half times. Confident when they're hitting shots and they're able to hit a shot with a guy in the face, watching Michael Jordan a little bit of my childhood, then watching Kobe my entire life, watching him make di- them make difficult shots, especially Kobe, because I watched him more of my life. It's because he's confident and he's feeling it. And Ohio State was feeling it and they were confident. So when the hand's right in the face, doesn't matter going to make it. That's just what was happening. But then we were letting them drive to the basket, and that's how they got confident. And the thing with Illinois is just, I mean, th- to fix this whole thing, it's just energy. Like, energy and and the, the, the dropping of their nuts and saying, on defense, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't scoring. You ain't getting close to the basket. And we were doing that a little bit in the first half, and then Ohio State just said, we're going to come off a couple of these double screens uh, we're going to do a couple of handoffs. We're going to isolate and drive to the basket. And that's just what they did. And Illinois, that's where the panic should almost set in is all of a sudden, you know, the past month maybe at the most, we just do not play with energy constantly. Now, it's tough. It's very tough to do. But with the amount of talent we have, we should be able to play with this high energy and we just don't. And do they think we have now? Do they think we have enough talent to get away with that? No. Last year, if we weren't playing with energy, we could look to a guy to bail us out, which is Io DeSumo. Now, we kind of look to Trent Frazier to bail us out, but he's got to be like full time point guard because Corbello's been hurt. Now, if Corbello had been healthy all year, it might take some pressure off. He could do a little more. Kofi, you could look to him to bail you out, but it's hard as a big guy that's not a point guard, not a shooting guard, to bring the ball up because that was the thing with Io DeSumo. You want him to take over? Give him the ball so he can go full head of steam and drive to the lane and get a shot or a layup and an and one or a foul. Kofi can't do that because he's a big guy. 
He's a big guy. So it's hard to do that. Plumber could kind of do that. But again, we just don't have like a guy like that. We have a team that could get us out of this this year instead of just going to Io DeSumo. <sighs> Scoring-wise for Illinois, Kofi only had 12 points. He was 5 of 15, and that was the big thing I said um, about the first half. He was missing a lot of layups. He was missing a lot of the type of shots he makes. Um, the rest of the Illinois team was missing uh, layups in the first half, and I said, that's going to come to bite us in the ass. And it did. I mean, those are points you're giving up. Kofi was 5 of 15. Um, now, Plummer hit eight three-pointers, which is good. He ends up with 26, and that's good. Um, but, we need, but you know, when Plummer scored 26, we need Kofi to score about 20 to 25, put us in a better spot. Granderson hit some big shots. He only hit two threes, but they came late. Um, he was 5 of 10 for 14, which is what you need. Um, Williams needs to start scoring. Now, he's playing defense. He's playing decent defense. But he's got to start scoring, too. Uh, Frazier ends up with 12. His first three doesn't come till the very, 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 very end. Um, and then we just have no real production off the bench besides Hawkins. I thought Hawkins played his butt off, especially um, after Brad Underwood got thrown out of the game. Played his butt off. He was 3 of 5. He ended up with 10 points. He fouled out, but the foul wasn't that wasn't a real foul. But, I mean, the next high score was Corbello with 7. Now, we were a little short tonight. We didn't have... Melendez, and we didn't have, you know, a couple guys. Some other guys had to play and step up. But, like, we get no offense production out of Omar Payne. Uh, we don't get really anything out of him. He's a fouling machine. He fouls quicker than anybody you've ever seen. So just the bench production kind of hurt us a little bit. And when Kofi's 5 of 15, that's putting us in a very bad spot. And then on the flip side for Ohio State, um, you know, E.J. Liddell had 21 points. Uh, Branham had 31 points, and then off their bench, Young had 18 points. So overall, you get two guys that score a lot, and then you had to get something off the bench. And that's the that's the recipe for Illinois. If you can get Kofi and Plummer and Frazier to get you, you know, Kofi's got to get about 20 points. But if they're all getting you between 12 and 20, all three of them, then you get like a Granderson or somebody to add in some points. Then off the bench, Hawkins giving you some points. Corbello's got to give you some points. Melendez got to give you some points. Though that's the recipe um, to to win. Um, now we did turn that each team did turn the ball over eleven times. Um, it seemed like a lot more, but I almost guarantee that the turnovers came in the second half. It was the Rutgers game all over again. Total turnovers for each team were 11. Illinois had 24 fouls. Ohio State only had 18. Um, we out-rebounded them 30-29. to 29. Um, Our free throw percentage was terrible. We were 64% to their 81%. Um, Three-pointers, we were 48%. They were 50%. We took way more, 12 of 25, and they were 6 of 12. Um, they shot 51% from the field, and we shot 47. Their largest lead was 16, and ours was 13. Um, so, I mean, pretty even when you came right down to it. But the biggest concerns are energy and effort consistently. Um, and then we start turning the ball over. We get real stagnant on offense. And then when that happens, if you watched and paid, if you guys ever listened to me and pay attention, 
we then start to just throw the ball to Kofi and stand there. Um, we were at our best tonight when Kofi, when we was one-on-one and we moved, um, when we were coming off hard screens and going to the basket, we were pretty good. Um, Plummer was hitting shots. But that's where Illinois is at their best is really when they drive to the basket because we're really good at kicking out and hitting wide open threes. I know some games ain't going to go in, but we're good at that. But we're also good at driving to the lane, floaters, and to the basket because you got Kofi to get the rebound and, and Williams will find his way in there to make a rebound. That's where we're good. That's where we live. And when we stop doing that, we're in trouble because we started doing that when we made the comeback. Um, and on defense, we just give up too much space, pick and rolls. Uh, we give up too much space, and they're allowed to pop. Uh, they just and then a lot of times they're hitting con- contested shots, uh, and so you got to give them, got to give them credit when they're hitting those shots. But then we also started to let them drive to the lane, uh, and they were hitting close shots. They were getting offensive rebounds and putting them back, even though we out rebounded by one. They were still getting offensive rebounds. Um. And when you let them get offensive rebounds like that, it's going to be a problem. Um, you know, now, and then when you're missing layups, now they're five, they got five offensive rebounds, but I guarantee they came in the second half. We got 12 offensive rebounds and we didn't win the game. When you got 12 offensive rebounds, should be in a really, really good position to win the game. But we were missing layups, we were smacking at the ball. And that's just not – like Kofi was missing layups. A bunch of people were missing layups. And that's just not going to be good for Illinois. Um, hats off to Ohio State, though. I mean, like, again, they were hitting tough shots. They were very patient on offense. And defense, they would bring everything at Kofi. And at first he was making them. He missed, made about two shots. And then they started, still started to bring people. And I think they knew eventually he was going to miss. And he did. 5 of 15 is not a good night. When Kofi does that, we're in a bad spot. But you would think Plummer scoring 26 put us in a good spot. Kofi's going to figure it out. But Ohio State said Kofi's not going to do this. We're going to bring everything at him. And they made the decision of, it, which is more demoralized because or are they thinking, okay, if they let Kofi score and they hit some shots or they don't let Kofi score and they hit shots, that they have the guys to come down and score, and they do. So concerning things here, well, then real quick before we end it, the refing. The refing, the only thing I wanted to complain about from the first half was – there are things that don't get called on Kofi, but they'll call on him. Guys are blasting into him on offense. Now, he's not going to fall down because they're going to say he flopped because how big he is, which is unfair. But they plow into him three or four times. He gets hit in the face. People push him and everything else, and they don't call it. Uh, and so that part bothered me. And then the second half, just some of the calls they were making made no sense. Um, and they just because it was inconsistent on both sides. If it's a foul in Illinois, and they're straight up and down, and it's a foul, well, then we come down and do the same thing. We're driving to the lane. Ohio State straight up, or, or not even straight up, and blast into us. It's not a foul. And that's what Brad Underwood was freaking out about was these fouls were terrible. Uh, you know, and that's why Brad Underwood was pissed off. And I... Knew why he got the first technical because he was mad at 
certain of the fouls that were not being called in the first half all of a sudden are not being called and they're not being consistent. And that's why he got the technical because of his frustration and he got the technical to try to pump up his team and hoping that he bring the funk, bring the energy. Then when he got thrown out was because, you know, that we're getting hand-checked a lot, but then you're calling on, uh, on Illinois and not on them. And he had enough, you know, and, and he's not liking what he was seeing. Trying to pump up the crowd, he got thrown out. Now, was he trying to get thrown out? I don't know. But trying to get, he got thrown out. He was trying to pump up the crowd. The refs got to meet him in the Pizza Hut parking lot and have a word. And then, like, the foul on Kofi for his fifth, like, the guy was diving. His arm didn't even push him, you know. The arm was just there. Those are the type of things. Um, that foul on Kofi, for example, when he come up and he was straight up and down and the guy, like, fell, was fading back, and they called it a foul. Well, those type of things happened to Kofi. Those type of things happened to us tonight, and they weren't called. Again, I'm all for bad refing, but be consistent. And these Big Ten refs overall this year have been god-awful. And we are in a ref shortage, up and down. So we have to live with this. But at the same time, we got to help out these refs. We have to have precise rules and make them easy. We can't keep adding rules. We have to make the current rules more crystal clear. So whoever's in charge of the Big Ten refs, like whoever is the top dog, needs to get this fixed because it's terrible. You have to be consistent with, with your calls and especially the first half to the second half, you can't change the way you call a game because players feel you out. So when you're calling ticky-tack fouls in the beginning, then they know this is how we're going to play. If you're letting things go, this is how it's going to go. Then in the second half, you can't decide to change what you're calling. So refs, get your heads out of your ass and start making better calls. And don't pick and choose when you're going to call a foul and the three refs, or how many there are, need to get together before and make sure they understand how they're going to call the game. But it was bad. Like, the refing was not good. And at the second half especially. And I don't know what they see. I don't know how they call some of these fouls. Like, um, when Hawkins fouled out, it was a bad call. When Kofi fouled out, it was a bad call. Uh, when when Trent Frazier was going up for the layup to tie the game, and they said, oh, he just threw the ball away. Well, if you look, the guy jumped into him and didn't call. Like, you just called that on us. Why didn't you call it on them? So the refing was bad as well. Now, are we blaming the refs necessarily for the loss? No, but you didn't help the situation. Again, all for bad refing, but do it for both sides, and I'll live with it. Um, again, overall picture that concerns now, can Illinois make a Big Ten tournament run? Not when they play like that. Again, we talked about it. Just cu- Now, when we played Michigan State, we played better. But when we play like this, we'll lose the rest of the games. We won't win a Big Ten tournament game. You know, forget winning the regular Big Ten. Like, I'm over that. We probably won't do that. I'm over it. So we got to make a run to try to win the Big Ten in the tournament. But it's not going to be easy. Like, we got Michigan next. I believe. I believe Illinois' next game is going to be Michigan without Juwan Howard. And it's almost more pressure to win that game without Juwan Howard there. And it's at Michigan. So now you've got to try to regroup after you were up, then you let them back in, and then you try to fight and claw. 
you're missing layups, you're turning the ball over, you're taking stupid shots, um, playing bad defense. Now you got to go play Michigan. Like we, If we play this way, we will lose to Michigan. Probably could lose to Penn State and lose to Iowa. And we'll lose the rest of the three. Won't sniff the regular Big Ten ter- or the regular Big Ten win. And then we won't win a game. We won't get a bye or anything in the Big Ten tournament. We'll get below the four seed. We won't win a game in the Big Ten tournament. And then we won't win a game in the NCAA tournament. Right now, they have us as, as a three seed. And if this continues, we might be an eight seed, a nine seed, ten seed, whatever it is. I don't know. And that's a, maybe a little bit over the top. But when we play, when we don't come out with that killer, we got to get that killer instinct of when we're up, screw you guys. You're not going to sniff the paint. We're going to have contested shots. We're going to box you out. We're going to let the ball dribble twice before we pick it up because how good we boxed out. And that's what Brad Underwood wants, and that's how the way he was acting. And I'm like, it took a while for that to kick in. And if he's not going to be able to get you pumped up, I don't know what it is. So Illinois got to figure out foot on throat mentality has got to be figured out. Um, I, I don't know what to say. It was you know very frustrating. Like I said, literally the game was over. Maybe now 40 minutes ago of recording, but recorded 10, 15 minutes after it was over. Um, uh, that's it. Very frustrating game to watch. Hopefully they can bounce back versus Michigan. Uh, that'll be the next time maybe a podcast episode. Um, have a recap, hopefully with Brad and Nathan. So be on the lookout for that. Um, again, like and subscribe. Uh, Twitter at Coach underscore Steve 72. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Wherever you listen to your podcast, follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, Leave a comment in the comment section down below. Um, you know, interact on Twitter and don't call me a troll. Uh, let's try to have good debate or conversation back and forth. Don't make it personal. All that good stuff. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and or watching. Um, go do all that stuff for me. It'd be greatly appreciated. It helps out the show. Um, and hopefully Illinois can turn it around. Um, thank you guys so much. This has been Coach Steve. Another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. And we are getting out of here faster than the refs from Illinois to meet Brad Underwood in the Pizza Hut parking lot. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.